right, so uh, my next guest today, Heather Dreves, uh, is coming to us from Secured Investment Corp. Excited to have her on the show today. Um, I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself, Heather. Give us a little bit of your background. Tell us how you kind of got to where you are today. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, you know, it's interesting. I have been in the private money industry for almost 20 years, probably a little longer than that. And I kind of fell upon it by chance, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, my husband and I uh, were business owners and started to go a different direction with um, what we were doing. We were actually focusing around indoor soccer, crazy enough. Uh, and I knew someone in the private money industry. And on a whim, he um, he and I had been in a sales position together previously, and he said, you should come aboard. I really think there's some opportunity here. And so just kind of got involved at the ground level with private money, um, really went in assisting loan officers, quickly decided I wanted more than that, um, transitioned into uh, helping our escrow department, learning how to do closing docs. Um, escrow accounts, service accounts. And then I actually got my securities license and decided I wanted to raise capital. So it was just this natural, you know, transition from starting at the ground up and realizing there was just so much opportunity uh, and so many different ways you could be involved with it. Um, and just really found that where I felt fulfilled was helping people uh, create wealth for themselves and their family by investing in alternative investments. So that was really my path to where I am today. I love it. You guys, you guys have taken a, a completely different departure from where like my background, I, I, you know, we did single family fix and flip for over a decade and we did, I mean, tens of millions of private money, but it was very, um, I don't want to call it casual, but it was very like, um, it was friends and family and referral base. And, you know, it was, you know, um, direct to the deal. And it sounds to me like you guys were way more structured. Obviously it sounds like you're arbitraging the money and helping people get involved in outside deals and that type of thing. So how did that, how did that structure evolve? Like, was it built when you got there or did you help create that thing or, you know, how, how does that work? Well, that's a, a really great, good question. And when I came on board, I joked that I dialed for dollars because you're exactly right. Yeah. Private money historically has been very transactional. You know, hey, I've got this guy that needs to borrow money that's fixing and flipping a property. And oh, by the way, I know a guy that has capital that's looking to deploy it and, you know, yeah. likes the asset class of, of residential real estate. So I'd get on the phone, it'd come out of underwriting and I'm dialing through my list. Hey, John, I got this deal. Great. Send us the money. We'll make sure, you know, you're well secured. And, and it worked. You know, I've been with the company Secured Investment Corp over 10 years now. Um, it was clunky. It was frustrating for, re if you're a real estate investor, you know that when you have a good deal, you have to act very quickly. Oh, absolutely. You know, you don't have time for the guy that is using his IRA funds to get his custodian to send the money. You know, that's a two-week process. So long story short, we realized as a company, it worked for us, but it was very, very clunky. It was clunky for borrowers. Um, lenders that were funding the deals felt a lot of pressure to make a decision very quick. So uh, we decided nine years ago that we were going to open a fund and it kind of solved that problem. As long as the deal fit the guidelines of the fund, we could close quickly and we could close mm -hmm. immediately. Then we could turn around and start to market that trust deed for sale. It gave us our lenders time to do their due diligence. We could get them the information they needed to make an educated decision. Then once they committed to the deal, we would sell it, recoup our capital, then we'd go fund more deals. And so that's kind of how we evolved into a fund management 
company. We still sell trust deeds, but a lot of our lenders like the fund. It's a little more passive. They can just park some money. It's diversified. It's not just in one deal, but it's kind of nice that we can actually help everybody. You know, everybody has different appetites as far as what their investment strategies are. And so that's really where we evolved into a fund management team. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And I mean, I guess on the investor side, you guys kind of consider yourself like a blend between private and kind of hard money. I mean, what does it look like on the acquisitions? Are you guys doing appraisals and underwriting and, you know, yeah. how, how long does it take to get a loan, I would say? Um, it, you know, what's interesting, I don't know what your experience has been with appraisals lately, but over COVID in the last 12 months, appraisals are somewhat of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and historically, we've always just relied on appraisals. And when we were you know, presented with these challenges recently. I mean, we were waiting for appraisals for six to eight weeks and Mm. borrowers can't, you know, you know, these sellers are urgent. These are off-market deals. So we actually um, recently started um, inquiring and uh, looking into hybrid products that are Mm. not necessarily a full appraisal. So we do still get a full appraisal, um, but we also have a hybrid product that is a outside company that goes out. They do take interior pictures. And that's our biggest concern is we want to know what that property looks like inside that house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do still get that. And honestly, the values that we get are probably more conservative with our hybrid product, which we like as a lender, you know, and as a fund manager, I would rather err on the conservative side than have an inflated value. So we do yeah. both. We do require full appraisers. Um, I, I can tell you right now, we can close loans in two weeks mm, on, a, on a, a project, as long as the borrower gets us, you know, the documentation we need and we can get title. Title also sometimes takes a while. And then with this new hybrid product, we can have that back in five to seven days. You know, something you said there, Heather, which I, I really love, I, I've been saying this throughout COVID and, and I heard this early on. Very early on, I think actually it was ironic because I think we were talking about Ed Milet before we hit we hit record. Uh, Ed Milet said this early on. He said that uh, a lot of times these big adversities like COVID come into our lives and they and they prove to us some of the things that maybe we should have been doing all along. Like they create this adversity, they force us to course correct or pivot or yes. make a change in our business. And then you look at it and you say, well, man, I, maybe I should. That's an efficiency that I maybe should have had dialed in all along. And I, you know, that's a. a an obstacle or a roadblock like like uh, appraisals, that's that's a weakness, right? And now yeah. I can find a way to make it a little bit better, a little bit more effective. Has anything else like that kind of hit your industry lately that you guys have found that you could make a little bit more effective or efficient? Like, for example, going going virtual in your office or anything like that. Yeah. Have you guys seen that in the last 18 months that has made you quicker, stronger, faster? We have. Um, the other side of our company is a real estate education company. So we mm-hmm. have a series of events. And we used to put these on in person. We'd probably put three to four on a month, educating people, everything from just how to be a real estate investor, how to find the deal, how to source the deal, how to make an offer, how to rehab it. It's there's, there's quite a few different programs and we were very limited, right? Because we had to physically send out teams to these events nationwide, put on events, rent a ballroom, you know, pay for travel. Well, when COVID hit, as a company, you know, that was a huge part of our revenue. So we were somewhat in panic mode. We pivot, pivoted like that and we went live. We now put on four events a week and, <laughs> and it has changed. And you're exactly right. Like, I think yeah. you get stuck in your ways where, well, this is the way we've always done it. And this is the best way to do it. And that's yeah. not actually always the case. 
And our company last year through COVID had the biggest revenue producing year it has in the history of the company through COVID. I mean, we still had our events. We still lent money. We never stopped because we don't rely on Wall Street money. We raise our own capital. And we had more investors looking to invest money with us, pulling out of the stock market, you know, taking their destiny in their own hands and realizing, you know, some of them lost jobs. You know, they weren't working anymore and they quickly decided, I need to have multiple streams of income. Great. You have a 401k. Let's help you get that rolled over and start generating passive income for you. So you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it was eye-opening for us as a company. Yeah. You know, I I think it's, it's, it's so, um, you know, it's almost like this double-edged sword, you know, I, I, it's hard to not take the focus off of certain industries that, that really couldn't course correct. Like you have all these restaurant industries that were hit super hard and like, look, if you're in a hotel and you're running a restaurant, like there's no pivot for you, right? Like, you know, you're shut down, there's laws that keep you from doing business, but there's also this, this, uh, this sense of, Oh, okay. There's a lot of businesses that did so well because they were given PPP loans and they were just given all this money. That's not really what happened. You see a lot of companies that did so much better because of things of things you just mentioned. And that, that's, that's the message that I want to make sure that our listeners are sharing and they're understanding is that there's so many great producers and entrepreneurs out there that made great moves during COVID that allowed them to create these exponential jumps. And that's what's important to understand. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, um, I've been here a long time. And, you know, when I started with the company, we had 20 employees uh, and, you know, quickly became a fund manager. And we now have over 100 employees Um, during COVID. Some of them went remote. We also realized we also used to be very stuck on if we hired someone, they needed to physically come in the office. That was just our motto. And it was just how we thought as a team. Um, But we also realized opening up that door to remote work, not that everybody has that opportunity, we were able to uh, attract more talent um, outside of our local market. So, yeah, I mean, tons of life lessons through COVID. I mean, it was not a bad thing for us, not that our company was in a bad place before, but I mean, we're just so much more efficient, so much more profitable. And I think that the clients that we work with are looking for those same things, right? You know, we deal with people that were active real estate investors, owned a bunch of rentals, and now they don't, they don't want to do that. They don't want to be fixing and flipping. And so we have opportunity for that through our funds. They can invest money in our funds. They can buy trustees. So, I mean, honestly, we, we talk about here, our model is the circle of wealth. And so we have this big graph and, you know, just because you don't have $100,000 to start investing doesn't mean you can't get involved and get to that point. We want everybody to get around to this side and become an accredited investor. And there is opportunity at every level here to do that. I love that. And and get get a little deeper to to, to, to the audience here, because I know you do have uh, different types of funds. First of all, if you could just give give the audience like a, a 10 second tutorial on what an accredited investor is. And then I know that you have opportunity for people who are in that space and then mm-hmm. people who aren't, right? So, so give us the differences. Sure. So the SEC's definition of an accredited investor is a individual mm-hmm. or a married couple that has a million dollars in assets, excluding their primary residence and excluding any liabilities that they may have or they can qualify as an accredited investor through their income. So if they have $200,000 a year as an individual or 300 as a married couple for the past two years, they would be considered an accredited investor. And we've always had funds for accredited investors. We felt we were doing 
pretty much the general public a disservice. You know, why should only the wealthy be able to invest in this type of investment? So three years ago, we opened what's called a Regulation A plus fund. And that just means that anybody can invest in it. And we have a real estate fund that is managed exactly the same way our accredited investor fund is, other than the fact that you don't have to qualify and the minimum is $1,000. So that fund is really good for people with self-directed IRAs, self-directed 401ks. A lot of people are starting to move those accounts away from money managers, financial advisors, and really take their destiny into their own hands, you know, um, and I love that. Uh, and so small balance IRAs, you, I talk to people all day. I've only got $6,000 in my IRA. I don't know what I could possibly do with it. Put it to work. Our yeah. regulation A fund earns eight to 10%. I know yeah. people aren't earning that on a CD right now. So, sure. um, you know, that's where that kind of came from and evolved from. Um, and we've just had tons of interest in our, our, our regulation A fund. And in that fund, uh, should people expect a certain amount of time that it's locked up? Is it like a CD that they have to invest for a certain period? Yeah, there is a tie-up period on that fund, and it's twelve months. Okay, so so I mean, it's 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 better than a CD. I mean, you're not getting a bank a, a money a CD for less than twelve months, and you're right. certainly not getting eight to ten percent on the CD, right? No, and earnings on that fund are paid out on a monthly basis. So for the the individual that's looking for cash flow rather than growth there's opportunity for that. But the neat thing about our fund too, is you can actually roll your earnings and put it in growth mode. So I have a lot of people that, you know, have invested their kids' college accounts or they're not retired yet. They're just looking to just continue to grow that nest egg. They, a, a lot of times, more often than not, they'll just put it in growth modes where they just roll their monthly earnings and their equity. It's compounding, right? Um, it's yep. the compound effect. Awesome. Awesome. So where do you guys find the investors that you work with? Is it, is it, uh, is it a certain area? Are you guys all nationwide? Like where, where's the, where's the concentration of uh, the, the operators that you're, that you're lending to? Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting because a lot of them are organically produced by our company. So a, a majority of them come from our events we put on. So we teach people how to find the deals and that's really where our company got started is, all these people had this information, they knew how to find the deals, but they didn't have the funding. So mm. that's where the missing component was. So we added the funding piece to it. So a lot of them come organically from our events that we put on. Um, we also have a broker program. So we teach people how to be a broker, a private money broker, you know, almost like a bird dog. They, mm. they know people that are looking to borrow money, they broker the deal to us. But we also do a lot of retail. Um, we joke around here, people will ask new employees, what do we do here? And, oh, well, we're a lender and we're an education company. And the standard answer should be that we're a marketing company. And so we mm -hmm. put on tons of webinars, tons of podcasts, social media. Um, we have quite a marketing team. So, um, but a bulk of them come from internally. You know, we have this constant deal flow from clients. Love it. Love it. And so what do you, what do you guys see as your, is your next growth mode? Are you guys looking to expand? Are you looking to help take on uh, new industries? Are you looking to stay in residential? Like, what do you think is the next move? So one of the things that we practice here is we practice what we preach and we teach people and we focus on investing in single family, one to four unit residential properties. That's our niche. Um, so we will continue to focus on that as far as, you know, from a lending perspective, um, where I see some growth for the lending arm of our company is offering some rental programs. 
you know, everybody's the biggest question, when are the markets going to shift? You know, I don't know that it's a matter of if they do, but they are going to. And I Mm -hmm. think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for investors to own rentals. And so we want to provide a funding source for that. So right now we're about ready to roll out a rental product. Um, which is a five or a 10 year balloon with a fully amortized 30 year product. Um, And it's not traditional banking. It's more private money, but rates like four and five, um, which are great. So that's where I think the lending side of it will grow um, and, you know, be able to continue to service our clients that are maybe not all fixing and flipping anymore, but, you know, buying and holding. Um, I think that um, we have an acquisition team. And so we have a team of individuals that buy real estate in our local market, which is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, mm-hmm. number one on the Wall Street Journal to live, uh, and Spokane, mm-hmm. Washington, which came in fifth. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity there too. They are lifting the foreclosure moratorium in September. And when that happens, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. So we are raising capital now to take advantage of those opportunities. And as we raise capital, our fund members make more money because we can buy more properties, lend more money. So I think that's probably the, the main focus is right now. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Heather, you know, if you had a shortage of deals or investors, which one are you short right now? Which one, which one you'd rather have conversations well, with? <laughs> that's a constant battle. Anything <laughs> you need or you don't have, you know, yeah. um, honestly, I, Right now, we don't have a problem of either. And I don't, I can't say that I would want one or the other. Um, You know, our our biggest concern, and we've had a lot of interest raising capital probably over the last 12 months, like a lot, um, because people are just, they're, they're, you know, rate driven, they're starved, they're looking for yield, whether it's Wall Street money or individuals. Um, But we are always mindful as a fund management team that we have to be able to deploy that capital. That's the worst thing we could do as fund managers is raise a bunch of money and not have anywhere to put it to work. And so we meet as a team probably three times a week on originations, properties we're buying and capital we're raising. So we're, you know, there's three of us that are the main fund managers, but then we have this massive team behind us. Um, But that is always a topic of conversation, you know, great. You know, we need to keep up with the pace of capital raising as far as deployment goes. I love to ask this question to all my guests. What what is your over the years you've built this team 20 to 100 now? You're you're actively, you're you're obviously you've seen a great level of success, but what was your along the way? You have to look back. What was your favorite kind of failure along the way or biggest obstacle that you overcame and got on the other side of it and went, man, thank God that's over? Well, one of the things that I can say that I think has made me you know, where I am today is my husband and I decided we were going to fix and flip a property. Our first one, this was probably seven years ago. And, and just to to back up my story, I've always been on the investor lender side. I I work with the people that have money. So, you know, you you get a little jaded to that, right? So I decided I was going to jump in and I was going to do what our borrowers were doing. It's not as easy as it looks. Um, We did not look like Chip and Joanna. And it took us 10 times longer than it should have. And the mistake we made was trying to do it ourselves. Um, You know, not hiring it out, not just working those those costs into our numbers. And I look at it completely different. Um, Since then, we've flipped lots of other homes. We own rentals now. But that would that was very eye opening for me. Um, You know, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of opportunity, but. 
Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, and listen, I, I did it that way. My first three flips, right. And I've done a thousand flips since then, but yeah. my first three, we did physically by hand. And I look back and I think to myself, that was nuts. I think it's good if you do that to get your bearings and understand what it's like to do yeah. the work, but, but don't do that for long term. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I like to ask the question, um, you know, what, what's the one big thing you want to do, uh, you know, before you leave the earth and you said to teach your children to be financially free. How are you, how are you working on that right now? Cause I know you got, you got some, uh, some grown children. Right there. What's, what's yeah. the, what's the process yeah. look like? Well, we've got a 23 year old that's a fireman, uh, which is a perfect opportunity to do the things that I'm going to talk about. But, and then we have yeah. a 21 year old that's a college student, um, really just teaching them not to rely on, you know, someone else to create wealth for yourselves. It's important to have, you know, like our fireman, he's dialed, right? He's got his pension, this, that, and the other, but you're never going to get ahead just doing that. You know, Correct. you need to find multiple streams of income to create the lifestyle that you want. And if, if the lifestyle that you want means boats and four wheelers and toys, you're probably not going to be able to do that as just a fireman. And so just you know, teaching them to not be afraid to take chances and opportunities and have multiple things going on. Um, I wish I would have learned that a long time ago, you know, um, and I think my husband and I have realized that there's so much opportunity in real estate, you know, whether that's residential, commercial, self-storage. We're actually, I saw that that's kind of your niche is the self-storage um, and we're looking into that right now, but um, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to t try things. You know, I think if anything, COVID has taught kids that age is you don't have to just go the norm. And my kids both have went to college, thank the Lord. But that's not doesn't mean that that you get a great job and you make the money that you want to make. You got to be a hustler and you got to work hard. And you know, um, you know, you have to do it for yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. So really, just teaching them that. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. Take the risk, take the action, go out there and execute. Um, you know, I think that's uh, from the people that I that I that I get to speak with that haven't reached their true potential, or haven't tapped into it, or haven't taken the action. That's always what it is. It's like they just haven't taken the step. And yep. you know, you're not going to get what you want to get without without taking a little bit of risk and getting a little bit uncomfortable. So I, that's that's an uh, excellent answer. You're spot on. Yeah. So, what did I forget to ask you today? What 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 else did you want to cover? Uh, you know, I really just wanted to spread the word that, you know, there is opportunity uh, with our company. Um, if people have these small balance accounts to get them to work for them, I, I, I talk to so many people that think that they have to have, you know, this large amount of money to start investing and you can, you can start small and you have to start somewhere. So really just getting the message out to just start investing now, even if all you have is a thousand dollars, you know. It, it, it gets it going and, you know, it's not any different than just taking the risk and doing it. Um, but just getting the message out that we have opportunities for non-accredited investors and also accredited um, to put their money to work for them in a asset class that's backed by residential real estate. You know, um, I'm a firm believer that there's lots of opportunity and safety with that. Um, and so if they are interested in, in getting more information about that, they can visit our website. Um, we've got a pretty robust website at Secured Investment Corp, and they can get information about our funds, our trustees. They can schedule a call with myself or my team. Um, really, you know, just here to help people and educate them also about self-directed IRA accounts. That's something that not a lot of people know about, just a lot of opportunity there. So, um, you know, we're really here just to, we're, we, we educate people. 
I love it. And, and Heather, it, it, your, your depth of knowledge in the space shows and just, uh, you know, listening to you, I know you've added a tremendous value to, uh, to our listeners today. I, I, I too am a uh, huge advocate of self-directed uh, IRAs. There's a lot of massive tax advantages that yep. you can also, you know, potentially be completely tax-free in your investments. So um, definitely guys, check out the website. We'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can click on it directly. Um, securedinvestmentcorp.com. Um, Heather, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for, yeah, for bringing thank value. Thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me uh, be a guest and, you know, spread the word. And uh, we'd love to talk with any of your listeners more. Absolutely.